This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Before we begin, a reminder that you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Today on the show, Dr. A is here and we are taking your Twitter questions, your fantasy basketball questions as we get closer and closer to the fantasy playoffs. Steve, let's get right into this. First up, this is Et Tandez asks, Conley shutdown odds. That would be Mike Conley shutdown odds. What are your thoughts? I'm going to say 44%. Okay. First of all, great specific. I love that we're getting specific here. What a, what an excellent standard to start the show with. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. If Conley does shut down, DeLon Wright's going to be the man. And uh, Wright had a decent line again last night. Like he's not – like DeLon Wright is like flying under the radar. He's not killing it, but he's putting up pretty good numbers. And like we've talked about, in other podcasts, he he has such a fantasy friendly game, and uh, if if they shut Conley down, man, Delon Wright's going to win somebody a fantasy championship. There are only a handful of situations where I yeah I think handcuffing makes sense, but Delon Wright is a perfect example. Widely available in a lot of leagues, so if you have Conley, absolutely pick up Wright, and then you don't really have to worry about it. I'll also say this about Conley: I agree with your number being less than fifty percent um, because I think. Of course, anything can happen if he gets injured, but at the moment, it really doesn't look imminent. Conley scored 30 in a win over LeBron and the Lakers on Monday, and he had a quote from an article in the local paper, The Daily Memphian, which I think is kind of telling. It's him talking about still being in Memphis after the deadline, you know, playing for a losing team after Mark Soule was dealt away. He said, at the end of the day, I understand the business, and there were two ways to handle it. There's the way to think to myself, I should be mad, I have a right to be, or go out there and have fun with these guys and try to make their experience the best I can. Whether I'm here through next season or not, I want them to know what kind of person I am and remember that. That shirt, look, I mean, we can all be skeptical, and I get that, but that shirt doesn't sound like a guy who, to me, is mailing it in uh, mentally. So if he stays healthy, I think there's a pretty good chance he's out there the majority of the rest of the way. Do you agree, Steve? It seems that way. I mean, I think it all comes down to health. Like, right. at this time of the year, if a guy tweaks his hamstring or tweaks a calf or tweaks his back, it, it doesn't take much to, right. sh- to shut someone down. But if he can avoid tweaking anything, he may stay out there. Right. Um, you know, and this whole Memphis thing, while we're talking about Memphis, uh, a great dig on that quote, by the way, that was nice. Uh this whole Ivan Rab thing didn't get minutes again last night. Yo, Kim Noah is going crazy all of a sudden. Like, what yeah. is going on in Memphis? I'm, well, I'm so confused. We've got more to come on Noah uh, in a minute. Okay, uh, <laughs> coming up. So yeah, uh, wild times. But yeah, I think we're we're both in agreement that Conley certainly isn't just looking at some kind of bogus shutdown. I think he's going to have to get injured at this point for it to happen. But if he gets injured, would be bad news. They're six and twenty-two over their last twenty-eight games. So pick up DeLon Wright if you can, if you have Conley. 
Second up, Steve, Zach Wiggum wants to know, do you guys cover tennis gambling? The answer is no, and maybe we never should have mentioned tennis a few episodes ago because we got several tennis questions on Twitter. And I also think, Steve, I will say this is partially your fault for saying no no tennis questions, please, in your tweet. Because, of course, you're going to get tennis questions then. Well, I, I'm kind of glad we got the tennis questions. My favorite one was the uh, – well, maybe you're going to – are we going to talk about Serena? and no. Oh, we're not going to talk about Serena versus John McEnroe? I wasn't planning to. People, okay, if you want to, we can. No, no, we really don't have to. But this all stemmed from one of our former colleagues who shall remain nameless, confessing to us at the Super Bowl lunch that we had with him that he loves professional tennis. Not football, not basketball, not baseball. He loves tennis. He watches tennis every night. And it was one of the funny, it was just, it really struck me as funny, and yeah, so professional tennis. There you have it. Uh, this is a basketball podcast first, a tennis podcast second. Um, <laughs> so Zach Wiggum also asked uh, why Czech Diallo, paraphrasing, let him down in DFS. We also got another Diallo question from Roddy Divac asking if Diallo is a viable stasher, should we keep our expectations in check, he said, Steve. Well, that was a weird thing last night because Diallo did not do anything in the first half. He was in foul trouble. Anthony Davis was playing, which is always bad news for guys like Diallo and Jalil Okafor. Uh, again, this New Orleans situation is pretty bizarre. If Anthony Davis is going to play and finish out the season, then then Czech Diallo is going to be tough to handle because the minutes are going to be limited. If Davis is out, I, he looks like a must-start guy. So I think it's day-to-day with Diallo. I Again, I'm not a huge handcuffer in fantasy hoops, but if I own Davis, I'm probably going to try to have Okafor or Diallo lingering around on the bench just in case. I will say this. Diallo's last three games, 14 points, 11 boards, a steal, and 1.3 blocks in just 21 minutes a game. I mean, he's been a permanent monster lately, so if he gets a chance, he's going to produce. I like that call of thinking of him as a Davis handcuff or just a stash. He's in Boban uh, per minute territory right there. Yeah. Boban ripped apart his leg yesterday, so got carried off the court. I don't know that we're going to see Boban uh, anytime real soon right now. Right. Okay, next up, Chris Bracken asks, top three sell-high candidates leading into the playoffs. Are there any names that come to mind for you, Steve? Well, this whole Anthony Davis thing, I mean, he's been the number one so, uh, that's not really selling high, but it is if he shuts down. We've talked about it in the past. Like, where do you draw the line for who you will take back for Anthony Davis? So I think as the the days go by, that that line probably goes further down your list of of top whatever guys. Uh, other sell highs. I, didn't I have see- a couple. I have a couple in mind. Do you want to hear? Yeah, one? who you got? Well, Chris Paul is back playing big minutes. Hasn't sat out in a while. Uh, putting up Chris Paul numbers. I don't know. I mean, can you get a top 25 guy for him at this point? If you can, I think I would do that, just given the fragility of his hamstrings. If you can't, then I'd just keep him. But that's one name to consider. Another name that just jumps out at me is I'm always concerned about him getting hurt is Kyrie Irving. I mean, if I can get a top 10 guy for him, I might think about trading him away. But again, you don't want to just trade a guy thinking he might get injured when he's healthy. So that's kind of weird territory to be in as well. Yeah, and I mean, Devin Booker's been on my list all year. Zach Levine feels like, at some point, why are the Bulls going to keep running Levine and Robin Lopez out there? 
Devin Booker, like he, he Devin Booker's sort of like Mike Conley, I think. Like Booker's going to keep playing as long as he's healthy, but the the slightest little tweak of something, and he could just be shut down. Uh, but that's the thing about this job and this league and trying to trying to figure this all out. There's no way to know when a guy's going to get hurt or when he's going to stop playing. And I remember years ago, Joe Johnson like never missed a game, never was shut down, the most reliable fantasy guy there was. And then all of a sudden, one day he gets hurt and he misses, you know, two months. So you, you just don't know. Right. And and I another case I think of is Tim Duncan a few years ago, toward the end of his career. He was, you know, so easy to get on draft day because everyone was worried about him missing all these games and Popovich resting him. But, you know, 2014-15, for example, his second to last year in the league, he played 77 games and was was an awesome fantasy value. So it's a guessing game. You know, you, you play the odds and all that. But, yeah, ultimately you're guessing and – uh you don't want to overguess and overplay your hand uh, trying to predict the future, if that makes sense. Yeah, and Rudy Gay uh, might be another one. You know, he plays for Pop. He's played very limited minutes last night in a back-to-back situation. I would really have issues with all the Spurs players really going down the stretch. They, they're in a playoff fight. If they fall out of it, shutdowns are coming. If they lock into the playoffs, days off are coming. So that, the Spurs always make me a little nervous. Mang Mike asks, this is a multi-pronged question here. First off, is Gary Harris droppable? He says, I mean, they have a great playoff schedule, but if there's a hot waiver wire pickup, should I drop him? I lean toward no on that, Steve. Do you agree? I've kind of moved on from Gary Harris. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah, like uh, I got so excited that he got dumped in my 10-man league right before the Nuggets played five games, and Harris was coming back. He was getting healthy. Picked him up, and then he immediately got hurt again. And when he was playing, he wasn't really doing anything, and it kind of ruined ruined him for me. And Gary Harris went to the same high school, Hamilton Southeastern, where my children would have gone had I not moved out of Indiana. So I'm I'm a Gary Harris guy, uh, but he's been so disappointing and so injured this season that I just, with all those guys, Isaiah Thomas is back, Malik. Beasley's playing well, Monty Morris is there, Jamal Murray. There's so many guys who do what he does. It just I don't I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, it's crowded. Um I think I'm inclined to give him another game after seeing him score 14 points with a couple of threes on Sunday. And we're taping this before Tuesday night's game. So we'll be watching him Tuesday night. But I'm inclined to wait uh three to five more games at least and see what happens. But sounds like we differ slightly on that one. Well, I mean if I own him and he's playing tonight, I'm going to hang on and see what happens tonight. So that's Tuesday night. They play late. So let's see what happens there. Uh, Meg Mike also asks your thoughts on Damian Dotson rest of season. I, you know, every time you ask me about the Knicks, I say the <laughs> same thing. I'm just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but man, he's playing good. But we've gone through so many guys in New York. Emmanuel Moutier, Alonzo yeah. Trier, Mitchell Robinson. All these guys get hot and we get excited and then... Fisdale doesn't play them anymore, and right now Damian Dotson's the hot guy. You know, I'm fine with picking him up and, and rolling the dice on him right now. I just have zero confidence that he'll still be <laughs> still be doing anything ten days from now because he plays for the Knicks. Dotson's been hot for four games. These players get vaulted into value uh, suddenly, like trick us into picking them up and then fade away. It's happened with Alonzo Trier several times. You know, other guys. Dotson, so realistically, like he's had four good games in a row heading into Tuesday. So it is what it is. I, again, I'm very skeptical that he's doing this two weeks from now. But like you said, Steve, 
feel free to pick him up and see what happens. Just know that it couldn't be a more unreliable situation just based on what we've seen all season long with the Knicks. Yes. Same user. One more question from the same Twitter user. Does number of games... Does number of games really matter or have that great of an impact come playoff time, fantasy playoff time? And this is, I wanted to ask, we want to hit this one, Steve, because I think this is a question we get with some regularity from people. Yeah, and I don't know that I get the question that much, but I get a lot of stuff about games played. You know, should I pick this guy up because he plays more games than this guy? And, you know, the games played thing, like when I am in a heated playoff battle and I'm setting my lineup on Monday afternoon and I look at my I count up my games played for the week and if I've got 41 and my opponent has 36 I don't really care who the players are I feel like I've got a five game advantage I'm gonna win this thing so just from that standpoint the confidence and the just having more games in your opponent gives you a sense of power and then <laughs> If you look at your lineup and you see that James Harden plays four times and you see that another one of your really good players goes four times and you look at your opponent and they've got LeBron who plays three times, again, you're like, man, I got Harden for an extra game over LeBron. I got this in the bag. So I think they absolutely do matter. And I always want to have more games than my opponent does. The only problem is if you've got Czech Diallo and Kevin Knox and Gary Harris are your your three leaders in games played, that's not a good thing. Right, and and this is also where we should say the format and setup your, of your league matters an enormous amount here too, right? If you're in a weekly league where the lineups lock on Monday, then games played are a huge deal because you're setting your lineup on Monday and you're not making any changes. If it's a, a league where you can make daily ad drops and changes every day, it doesn't matter quite as much, though it is nice to have guys who have four games because – that's less streaming you have to do or less worrying about those lineup spots. Yeah, and that's part of the reason I, I'm i one of the dinosaurs that still enjoys a weekly lineup league because games played does matter so much. It's like a whole separate category along with, you know, the fantasy stats is games played. And it's it's fun to calculate that out and try to find guys that play a lot of games. And it just adds another element to the whole experience for me. Right, so it absolutely matters depending on the setup of your league. And there are also people who play in leagues where, you know, there's a 40 game limit for the week. And so they just add drop until they get to that number. So it doesn't matter as much if a guy has a weak playoff schedule in a setup like that. Uh, next question. See, this is from EA Salio or EA Salio. Is it crazy to drop Rudy Gay for Joakim Noah right now? We mentioned Noah before. I'll say yes. I think that's a hair crazy, but we have reached a point where it's time to seriously consider picking up Noah, right? I mean, I, I did not think this day was coming <laughs> ever again, but Noah is ruining Ivan Rab in Memphis. Uh, he's getting minutes. He's playing well. I do think that the chances of him getting hurt in the next three games are pretty high because he is jo- joking, Noah. The Rudy Gay thing, I, like I said earlier, he makes me nervous. I'm glad I don't own him anywhere I think I'm okay with dropping Rudy Gay. I don't know if I want to drop him for Noah. I, I might drop Rudy Gay to pick up Robin Lopez. And Lopez, I wish Lopez got a rebound every now and then. But <laughs> Lopez has been on fire, man. Like, I can't believe how well he's played either. But, you know, I I don't know. I don't think it's crazy to think about dropping Rudy Gay. 
Yeah, I'm right on the line with Rudy Gay. I'm inclined to give him um, another guy I'm inclined to wait on a little bit more. He's still been pretty good in February, even though not quite at the level he was at. As for Noah, his last six games, uh, basically vintage <laughs> Joakim Noah, 14.5 points, 8.5 <laughs> rebounds, 3.5 assists, 0.7 steals, 1.2 blocks in 24 minutes a game. I mean, I think as long as Jaron Jackson Jr. is out, at least Noah is going to keep producing. Uh, yeah, I mean, he should. I, I really want Rab to be the guy. Um, I'm trying to will Rab to be the guy, <laughs> but right now it's Noah, so. Yeah, just, I mean, pick up Noah and you don't have to watch the games is what I would say. Uh, Samuel Kara wants to know, please rank rest of season Bogdan Bogdanovich, obviously the Kings, Will Barton, Derek White, and Tyler Johnson. Rank those four. Uh, I'm going to go Bogdan, Tyler and Derek White and Will Barton. That is my order. So you've got Will Barton fourth. Yes. Yeah, I think I have Tyler Johnson and Derek White near the top um, with the other two, third and fourth. However, I do think I do think there's a chance for some fluctuation and change here. I think Will Barton could get hot in a hurry. So I think this is all subject to change. Will Barton's basically in a shooting slump. Uh, everything else looks fine other than that. So he's a guy who could take off quickly. Yeah, I've been down on Barton too. Like Barton's part of that mixture in denver where there's just so many guys and he hasn't done that much shooting i mean shooting so bad that he really hasn't gotten in a rhythm all year he you know so i i don't know man i'm maybe i'm too harsh on barton and gary harris in denver but i'm just a little not really feeling them yeah, I don't know. Barton is getting the minutes. You know, his peripheral numbers are relatively close. You know, he's getting four boards, four assists a game in February in 29 minutes a game. So really, if he starts shooting better, his numbers are going to look a lot better in a hurry. It's kind of like what was going on with Tyler Johnson after joining the Suns. You know, he was shooting horribly, but the rest of the stats looked okay. Now he's shooting better and uh, is taking off. So I don't know. I I agree with you having Will Barton toward the lower end of that list. I just think he could rise up it quickly. Well, and it's a good question because I like all those players. Uh, Derek White, you know, if he'd never got hurt, he'd be number one on that list probably. But, you know, he's working his way back from the injury, and it, it's been kind of a rough go so far. But I, I feel like he's he's about ready to blow up. And then this Tyler Johnson kind of feel like he's on the precipice of putting together a, a really nice nice run. Jeremy asks, would you drop Jaron Jackson Jr. for Cody Zeller? Absolutely. No doubter for you. Yep, I'm in. Cody Zeller went absolutely berserk on Monday night. Just an insane line from him. 28 points, 9 rebounds, 3 steals, 3 blocks, three blocks. on 13 out of uh, thirteen of 14 from the field. Just ridiculous. And he's been doing that. For, I mean, he hadn't been playing that well, but he's been putting up really good numbers for, you know, ever since the moment they said Mark Gasol was going to Toronto. Uh, it kind of became Cody Zeller's world, and... I wrote that that uh, waiver wire column, and I didn't put Zeller in it. First thing after the trade deadline, and somebody sent me an email and yelled at me, and said, what are you thinking? How can you not have Cody Zeller on there? And I was like, you're absolutely right. What's wrong with me? Uh, and he's been in there ever since. So, yeah, man, it's Zeller's world there in Charlotte. Now, the only – I'm all for picking up Zeller. I, I'll play devil's advocate on – Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, what if, you know, we know he's out indefinitely with this quad injury, but what if, Steve, he's back in a couple weeks? Do you think that we potentially regret that move and it's going to look short-sighted in a couple weeks? Potentially, but he's their franchise player now and coming off a quad injury, they don't want to mess with that. Like, I don't know, man. I just, 
once I heard that Jaron Jackson was out indefinitely, it just sort of, I just sort of turned his light switch off in my head, and I'm like, okay, I'm moving on. You know what, Uh, Steve, you live in the moment in your fantasy leagues, and I love that. You're like, Jaron Jackson Jr. just doesn't even exist right now. He's gone. Like, you act quicker, I think, on injured guys. You're just like, I'm done. He's out. I'm done. I, I tend to be a little more, let me wait this out, and I think... Either approach can benefit you in in certain cases. It just depends on if you're right or wrong. <laughs> right, right. But like Karis LeVert, as soon as I saw his ankle turn, I was like gone. I cut him in like five leagues, never looked back. Uh, in fact, one, one of the names of one of my teams is still bye-bye Karis, even though he's back and playing well. Uh, not for me, he's not, because I let him go. No regrets. Obi-Wan Ginobili asks, Faith in Kevin Herter? <laughs> And if you don't have faith in him, would you drop him for Luke Kennard or Dragic? How sweet is the Twitter handle Obi-Wan Ginobili? It's pretty nice. You know, Monday Night Brewing Company here in Atlanta just put out Han Brolo. Yes, uh, they did. IPA, and it, it is delicious. And I love the name, Han Brolo. Uh, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? Uh, what was the question? Kevin Herter? Uh, yeah, <laughs> just, you just got totally derailed thinking about thinking beer. About beers and yeah, that'll do yeah. it. Uh, Faith in Kevin Herter. If not, would you drop him for Luke Kennard or Goran Dragic? Now, I will say this. I love me some Luke Kennard, uh, but I also love me some Kevin Herter, so that, that's a tough call. Herter last night was disappointing. He's still getting his legs under him, though, I think. You know, he, after he's the still working his way back, just like Derek White. You know, he's working his way back from an injury. So, so you know, if you're Matt Strapp, you're going to give this guy a long leash and wait for him to get back. If you're me, you're probably going to move on and pick up the new hot thing from Monday night, which one of those is, is Luke Kennard. Although I've kind of been on Kennard for a while. I've, I've been feeling him, but he's coming off the Detroit bench. They're starting Wayne Ellington, so it's not an ideal move. Goran Dragic, I don't really feel that with that crazy heat rotation and him coming back and Justice Winslow's not done yet. He's just been out for two games. So I would probably just stick with Kevin Herter. I I feel like that is what I have to say. but (laughs) You're contractually obligated as a Hawks fan to say that. But I might, I might drink a few Han Brolos and make a waiver wire move to go get Luke Kennard. Well, the Nard dog, Luke Kennard, just for what he's done lately, the last six games, he's gotten 28 minutes a game, averaging 13.5 points, three boards, two assists. 0.8 0.8 steals and 2.83s. For me, the big question is can this guy get defensive stats? He has had a couple good defensive games in a row. Three steals in one of those games, a steal and a block in the other one. So, of course, it's a small sample size, but starting to look like an intriguing pickup. I'm still sticking with Herder, but I do like Kennard as a pickup. I love the fact that you called him the Nard Dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, we knew this moment was coming oh, on the podcast. Boy. Roddy Divac has asked us. <laughs> Roddy this is This is the question that's likely to detonate this show, possibly forever. Would you trade Trey Young for Luka Doncic in real life and in fantasy? <laughs> now, I, first of all, everyone, I literally got some photos from Steve the other day of the Luka Doncic t-shirt jerseys he had ordered. So I think I know which way Steve is leaning in real life. Steve, are you still... You would trade Trey Young for Luka Doncic in real life, I assume, still? I would. Uh, there was a pause there, though. There was a legit pause. Yeah, I would. Um, the, the whole Luka Trey thing has really made this NBA season, and really the future. I, I've been doing this a long time, and sometimes 
you know, I may get a little salty and a little <laughs> grumpy old manish in regards to the NBA, but this Luca trade debate and watching them, they were on back to back last night. Like we got to watch the Hawks because we live near Atlanta, and then following that on NBA TV, Luca came on, and I sat there with my buddy and watched both games. And uh, Luca triple doubled. Trey had an incredible night. But it's funny. My favorite thing about this is, is you, Matt Straub, and my friend Matt Aiken, and my friend, my buddy Zach, and Hawks play-by-play man Bob Rathman, those four people are in my ear about Trey and Luca almost every single day. And <laughs> if the Hawks are playing, I get Trey texts from all four of you all night long. And it's it's really funny, and and my buddy told me last. My buddy Zach told me last night. He's like, dude, he's like, you missed this one, Trey. I told you to be patient with Trey, and Matt Strout told me this. Matt Aiken told me this. I told you to be patient with Trey. Let him get his feet underneath him, and he's going to be just as good as Luca. And lately, you know, for the last month, they've been very similar players. And Luca had nine turnovers last night, which I always associate turnovers with Trey. Trey had the best game he's probably played last night, one of them anyway. So it's just super fun for me. It's re-energized my love for NBA basketball. And I still, I'm still a Luka guy. I'm still Luka all the way. I would trade Trey Young to get Luka in both reality and fantasy, but obviously it's super close right now. I still think Luka's going to be one in, once of a generation type of player whereas Trey's going to be a really good point guard. I still think Luke is going to pull that whole LeBron transcendency thing. He's going to be off the charts, in my opinion. Well, here's here's some uh, numbers I'll throw at you. So Trey Young's first 32 games, basically his first two months of the season, he shot 38% from the field, 25% on threes. Since then, 29 games, basically the last two months, he shot 44% from the field, 40% on threes, averaging right around 20 points and eight assists. So basically 20 points, eight assists for the last two months. Luca for the season averaging around 21 points, seven boards, six assists. So look, real life is what it is, right? I'm a Hawks fan. I'm biased, so I'm keeping Trey Young. And he looked ridiculous against James Harden and the Rockets on Monday night. 36 points, eight assists, eight threes. Just hitting some crazy shots, playing with a ton of swagger. Phenomenal, great, pa- great passes. Phenomenal left-handed pass to John Collins. Yep. Um, just he, he's sick, and Luka Doncic is sick too. So whatever. Real life is what it is. <laughs> Let me talk about fantasy though for a second. Um, so for the season in nine category leagues, Basketball Monster has Luka Doncic ninety first overall and Trey one hundred sixty one overall. Okay. If you're just looking at season long numbers, no question, you'd rather have Doncic. However, since that switch flipped on for Trey Young the last two months, he is number 88 overall in nine category leagues to Doncic being 106th overall the last two months. So, Steve, I mean, I think there's a legitimate case that going forward, Trey Young is every bit as good of a fantasy player, possibly a better fantasy player than Doncic. I mean, you don't want to overreact to two months, but... What he's putting on tape and his numbers, I mean, just in February, for example, 22 points, 9 assists, 3.3 triples. Doncic misses some free throws here and there. So, you know, it's all getting very close. And as you said, it's it's super fun. And it's, yeah. It's completely possible that Trey is better than Luca down the stretch. However, I, in our Bold Predictions podcast, said that Luca was going to have, what did I say, four more 
five more triple doubles. I blacked out when you said when you started talking about Doncic in that, at that in that case. <laughs> I think I, my bold prediction one of them was he was going to have five more triple doubles before the end of the season, and he rattled off one last night. And I, I think Luca went through a cold stretch. Yeah, in fact, I know he did. His shooting was weird. His turnovers have been high, but I, I feel like he's getting his legs back underneath him. Climbing over that rookie wall, and he's going to finish up strong. But Trey's playing great, man. Trey's fun, fun I right mean, now. If you watch the Hawks games, Steve, it's you mentioned Bob Rathbun and Dominique Wilkins with him. It's getting to the point where when Trey hits one from the logo, they're just kind of like, "Up, oh, Trey Young pulls pulls a three. <laughs> like they're not even that shocked anymore. Like he's he is pulling and hitting some crazy threes, uh, the type of threes we were expecting from him coming into the league that he wasn't hitting right away. It's almost like becoming routine to these guys or when Trey Young throws just an insane pass. I mean some of these pass he's making he's making these spectacular very routine. Yeah, and he's also he's also still making mistakes too. He hit he hit one from the logo last night and then backed it up with another one from the logo that was an air ball. Yeah. And then he made a spectacular pass and he had a driving layup and then he threw a layup off the backboard. Like it's just fun to watch him learn and develop and and you're right, man. He, he's shooting these Steph Curry warm-up shots in games that are, that are ridiculous, and half the time they're swishes. There was a play after the buzzer on Monday where the Hawks called a timeout, and Trey Young immediately pulled up from you know just inside half court and <laughs> swished it and just walked off. <laughs> Spectacular, fun times, anyways. Regardless, everyone, uh, the debate is not settled, but I'm glad that the podcast did not actually explode uh, when we went in depth into that. <laughs> Yeah, we've ne- I've never yelled at anyone about Trey Young or Luka Doncic. It's just always it's always talked about, and it's always there. So it's so fun, no doubt. And we uh we will do this again with your Twitter questions before the season is out. Thanks to everyone who sent us questions. Uh, he is at Doctora D O C K T O R A. I am at Matt Straup M A T T S T R O U P. Steve, any parting words before we get out of here? Three games on Tuesday. We're coming off a super busy Monday, so it, it's going to be a a quiet, tight little slate tonight. But uh, the rest of the week should be pretty fun. I'm, and the playoffs have started in some leagues. I got a bye week in one league right now. And then I think our 30-team league is winding down this week, right? Last week before the playoffs. It's the last week of the regular season yeah. uh, in that league. Yeah, It's here. We're already in week 20. There's only 25 weeks. It's almost over. It flew by. Wild. The stretch run is upon us. Uh, good luck, everyone, uh, the rest of this week. Thank you for listening. Steve, thanks for joining me, and we will talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.